I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio. In the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today. News at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM. Every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. With Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews And Local Community Roundup Every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali And I'm Pramod Indo-American News Radio Welcome back everybody This is Indo-American News Radio The regular interview segment For the next two hours We're going to be talking to people who are uh, well-known within the community. In fact, two, these two people probably have more of a following than they don't really need an introduction. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Right now, uh, we're very happy that you took the time to stay with us during the uh, Indo-American News Radio Quiz Un- contest. Unplugged. I think I know this. And it was so much fun. It with was. The entire Dixit family. Not the entire Dixit family. We were missing one member of the family. Right. But it was uh, the fighting feuding family. It and was so much fun because there was so much, uh, what should I say, friendly competition. Yeah. And I was, I'm friends with uh, Bijay Dixit. So I was able to watch the Facebook Live. Yeah, oh, because Bijay okay. uh, was kind enough to set it all up in the studio. and uh, the, but, but wait a minute, were you not driving over here? Jyoti was driving. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, right. oh okay. The miracles of modern science. That's yeah. right, that's right. So, uh, yeah, we were able to do that. Uh, and it was an experiment to see if one family could actually, you know, compete against each other very well. And they did. So... Um, we should do more such sessions and we would encourage our listeners to call in right. and uh, come and participate in the quiz contest as yeah, you can volunteer see. Volunteer yourself. It's a lot of fun. You Actually, know? Yeah. we need one more person for next week. So if anyone's out there who wants to be in on the quiz next week, you can call 713-789-6397 or call the studio right now, right? Yeah, 281-277-6874. This is for the 11th March show. And it's from 3 to 4 p.m. As you all know, the uh, Indo-American News Unplugged session of I Think I Know This, where we have, uh, you know, we hold quiz contests, six rounds of questions with questions based on current events. It's a lot of fun. If you all would like to come and participate, we'd love to have you. So, Sanchali, with that, we better go on to the rest of our show today. And uh, we, while you... Do the lineup. I'm going to see about the temperature in this room that you've turned down yeah. so much. Mm. <laughs> Jawahar, you have to stop accusing people. <laughs> Fake accusations are not good, okay? Pramod? This is you really, know, really unfair. So, so but, I but Pramod, I did not touch the thermostat. Okay? She looked at the thermostat and it went down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We are not going to have this anymore, Jawahar. No more, no more. No. Okay. Folks, uh, now getting down to serious business, here's the guest lineup for today, March 4th. And you are listening to Inter-American News Radio, and our program is on 98.7 FM. You can also listen to us on the Masala Radio app. By Monday, you can hear the recorded show on podcast, which is uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Please do support our show, select follow on our Spotify podcast channel to receive new updates and please, please, please do give us a five-star rating. That would really help us to go a long way.
Over the past 27 years, the unique industrial products company has carved a name for itself for its innovative approach to business in providing its OEM competencies and products supplied across many industries and shipped from its 275,000 uh, square feet warehouse in Sugarland. Today, we will be joined uh, by the second generation owner Pankaj Malani at 4.20 p.m. and he will be describing what makes his company's business model so successful. So we are really excited to have him on our show at 4.20 p.m. Right now, the emphasis worldwide is on electric vehicles as a way to reduce our carbon footprint and global warming. Gravity Energy has anticipated the growing need for EV charging infrastructure and uh, manufacturing, installing and operating uh, level 2 and high-speed level 3 chargers across the U.S. So joining us today at 5 p.m. to describe for how this industry will grow is Gravity Energy co-founder Hubert Vaz Nayak. Also, stay tuned in for news roundup, views, sports, and movie reviews. To be featured on our show or to advertise, please contact us at 713-789-6397 or at IndoAmericanNews at Yahoo.com. And please do visit our website, IndoAmerican-News.com, to track all current stories and remember to visit our digital archives from over 15 years. Right. Thank you so much, Sanchali. And I just wanted to point out to that part that you just mentioned, something that's very important. We, All of our shows become podcasts. Correct. And on Monday, they are all turned into a podcast. They're uploaded on seven platforms, Apple, Google, Breaker, Public, and Spotify. And, Spotify. Yes. and so for the last three and a half years, you can catch every single show on the podcast. There is no other Indian radio program that does this. Mm -hmm. And here's the, here's the interesting thing. We did this uh, interview with uh, Rishi Butara, mm -hmm. um, yes. I think Couple two, weeks. two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So what we offer as a service for some for the people who actually come in for the interviews is we, we edit the interview so that the, the show, we edit the show so it's only the interview. Or only certain segments. And you can use it f for future yeah, So reference. Rishi Butara uploaded this. He, he actually uh, made a, he, he linked it on Twitter with other people that he knows. Mm -hmm. We have had over 300 hits. Oh, that's tremendous. In one day. Mm -hmm. wow. The Hindu American Foundation. So yeah. what I'm trying to sh uh, share with people out there is that this is a very powerful marketing tool for you if you want to use it. But you have to be able to realize what we can do for you, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's worth the money, by the way. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> right. So with that, you it's, were going to say... It's priceless. It's priceless. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put a, a dollar value to it. Right. This yes. is what Ajay Banga was saying. Uh -huh. Right. It's MasterCard. MasterCard. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Now he's going to do World Bank. Is he confirmed? No, he's been nominated and everybody seems to like the right. nomination. Right, the top three executives at the World Bank would end up being Indian. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, anyway, so... All right, and Sanchali? here's Pramod with his excellent news roundup. Excellent. Yes, live from Indo-American News Radio, this is Pramod Kulkarni with the latest news from Houston, the United States, India and around the world. Russia may be close to winning the prize possession of Bakhmut, according to the latest reports from Ukraine. 
Russia's Wagner Private Army, said the city was almost completely surrounded except for only one road open to Ukraine's troops. In a related development, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz met with President Joe Biden on Friday to show a united front on the war in Ukraine amid mounting concerns that China could supply weapons to Moscow. In India, supporters of the BJP are excited about the ruling party's successes in the assembly elections in the northeastern states of Tripura, Meghalaya, and Nagaland. The BJP won enough seats in all three states, allowing it to either form a government independently or continue alliances with regional political parties. There is also positive economic news from India. The rupee rather, is about to become a global currency. Some 34 countries have already agreed to trading in the Indian rupee and another 64 count- countries, rather, including it- Italy and Germany, have expressed interest in rupee trading. India is currently hosting a summit of the G20 foreign ministers in New Delhi. While there was no consensus about the war in Ukraine, there was a brief meeting on the sidelines of the summit between U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. India's External Affairs Minister L. Jaishankar met separately with both Blinken and Lavrov, but there are no breaking developments. Here in Houston, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis spoke before 1,500 Republican Party members at the George R. Brown Convention Center as part of a fundraising dinner. DeSantis didn't say whether he was going to be running for president, but did use the speech to attack liberal politics and vowing never to surrender to what he called the woke mob. In a related development, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has started a fight against diversity hiring programs on college campuses. Abbott claims <coughs> excuse me. Abbott claims that these diversity programs are part of a liberal effort to purge conservative thought. In sports news, lopsided victories are dominating cricket in India. Earlier this week, Australia devastated India the third test match. Spin bowler Nathan Lyon took 11 wickets to restrict India to scores of 109 and 163 to allow the Aussies to win by 9 wickets. This morning, the Women's Premier League launched its first season in Mumbai with an opening ceremony featuring Bollywood movie stars. In the first match, the Mumbai Indians, uh, heard, uh, led by Herman Preet Kaur, devastated Beth Mooney's Gujarat Giants by scoring 207 runs and restricting the Giants to only 64 runs. Tomorrow at 4 a.m. Houston time, the Royal Challengers Bangalore will face the Delhi Capitals, and the fourth and final test match between India and Australia will begin Wednesday in Ahmedabad at 10 p.m. Houston time. In college basketball, the Houston Cougars, the number one team in the nation, beat Memphis to win the American Athletic Conference Championship. The Cougars hope to play in the NCAA final four games in Houston at the NRG Stadium. Finally, this afternoon, there's a lot of talk about how smart one can be with the use of ChatGPT, the artificial intelligent app. 
a Bengaluru-based Analytics India magazine, subjected ChatGPT to clear the Indian civil services exam <laughs> conducted by the Union Public Service Commission. The questions ranged in topics such as geography, economy, history, general science, and current affairs. ChatGPT could answer only 54 of the 100 questions correctly. Sanchali, could ChatGPT win our quiz contest? Uh, <laughs> probably they, it could win our quiz contest because they're very common questions. Yeah, but Indian, true. that uh, what exam was it again? The it's civil the service. Indian civil oh, service. Oh, those are exam. very, very, very yeah, tough exams. It's, it's very tough to clear. It's supposed to be toughest in the world. Yeah, so that's the reason why. Maybe that girl, you know, the girl you t told us about, she might have been able to clear it. Possibly, but she's mm -hmm. quite young. Yeah, so. but she may still know. Who knows? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's all the news for this afternoon. Yes. More views, discussions, and music as we continue with the Indo American News talk show. Chat GPT. What does the GPT stand for? Mm, I'm not sure. Hmm. So there's this girl, uh, she is an in Indian-American prodigy, and uh, she cleared, what all did she do? She's one of the world's brightest students, like several years, two years in a row. Right. She's from Canada, is that correct? No, New Jersey. She's from here, New Jersey. Natasha Perry and Nayagam, 13-year-old. She's named the world's bright in the world's brightest students list. So... She she did so well because her parents didn't pressure her. She said that she just decided to take the exam just the day of the exam, and she excelled. You know, wow. so wow. yeah, some some uh, prodigies. She, I'm sure, would clear the ICS yeah. exam. <laughs> well, you know, on that note, you know, one of our problems here in in the Houston area is that HISD is about to be taken over by the state before because TEA. Of TEA because of falling grades and uh, less and less uh, children actually, you know, moving on to to the next grade level. Um, part of the problem is that eighty percent of the students who go to HISD schools are from uh, lower income families. Correct. And therefore, and most of these lower income families are on the on the south side, the east side, and and the north east side. Well, the northeast side there's very little uh, of the school district. That's another school district itself, uh, um, Umble or something like that. But uh, this is a very sad commentary on on the kind of schools that we have here. On the other hand, there are schools on the west side, if on Lamar High, for example. Uh, there's um, there's uh, Lamar High is actually HISD's correct, school. correct. Mm -hmm. And then there are other some other uh, elementary schools on the west on on San Felipe, two or three of them that are very high achieving. Yeah, Will Rogers, for example. Right, right. And then there's all there's also these um, magnet schools. Correct. That excel, for example, high school for performing arts, yeah. high school for the uh, health sciences, engineering sciences, and so on. So it's a, quite a paradox that on the one hand they're doing so well on these, but the majority of this, this, the kids, there are almost 457,000 students that go to school at HISD school. Mm -hmm. Chat GPT stands for Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. Mm. So it's AI technology that helps the user to search See. for long-form question answers. So you, it can do an essay for you. It can write a letter for yeah. you. It can create a speech for you. The so chat part means you can converse with the yes. app. Right. And, the, and it translates your thoughts into... And many of the big schools like MIT and all are, I think, banning the use Correct. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it makes sense. You got to use your brains, not <laughs> use the exactly. computers. Exactly. It just kills, uh, you know, uh, what should I say? Well, uh, using ChatGPT is an application of your uh, yeah. knowledge and brain. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, of someone else's knowledge and brain. Yeah, it That's kills true. creativity. So, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, absolutely. For so, example, yeah, you know, sense. was it Lynchburg or was, was it Gatlinburg? Gatlinburg, Yay. You know. For the but Tennessee is the right answer. Tennessee is the right and answer. And both Gatlinburg and Lynchburg. And, and right. it, furthermore, on the on the uh, high school, the education front, uh, we're under assault by a very conservative regime in Texas. Yes. Which is so right now. So how come now, uh, Ron DeSantis right now, well, 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 is me, not owning up that he's going to run for president? Isn't it already? But let well, me let no. me finish my thought here. Okay. 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 So right. the 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 governor right now is on the verge of of saying that uh, there's, um, uh, that the, well, he has said just the other day that we need to be more uh, appreciative, something to the effect of, of conservative thoughts. Yeah, he thinks diversity programs on the college campuses are uh, trying to suppress conservative thought. Right, and actually a lot more, many of the schools in the state, many of the universities in the state have already gone on record to say that they they are not going to use DIE in in any form, when they to to evaluate any applicants. Yeah, so they've already carved down to uh, the governor, uh, and in particular, one uh, university is Texas A and M. Right, and and University of Houston. Oh, okay. Rinu Thakur, she ended up writing a, a a little memo to that effect too. Oh, okay. So uh, we're. Um, well, anyway, with that, we're going to be going on to our next guest very shortly. This is Indo-American News Radio. We're going to be going to our first commercial break. And with that, after the commercial break, we're going to be joined by our first guest, none other, other than Pankaj Malani, and who's already seated over here. And he looks more and more like his dad every day. Yeah. <laughs> Better, actually. <Yeah. laughs> but don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. Ah, this is the life. Sipping on a margarita, lounging on the top deck of the Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas. Yes, honey, we are on the largest cruise ship in the world. Mm, we'll dine at the amazing restaurants, enjoy Broadway shows and gambling casinos. Sail the Allure of the Seas every Sunday from Galveston to Cozumel, Costa Maya and Roatan. Call Deepti Mehta at Travel Express at 713-468-7000 to get exclusive special offers. She can save you a bundle and get you the best cabins. Willie Nanayakra and Associates Attorneys and Counselors at Law specializes in immigration over 35 years of experience. New reforms are coming to the old immigration system. Now is the time to get all your immigration questions answered. Attorney George Willie offers free initial one-on-one -on -one consultation every Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on Masala Radio 98.7 FM. Willie Nanayakra and Associates Attorney 14141 Southwest Freeway Visit GWRPC.com. Call 281-265-2522. 
इंडो अमेरिकन न्यूज रेडियो इंडिया न्यूज यूएस न्यूज वर्ल्ड न्यूज मूवी रिव्यूज एंड लोकल कम्युनिटी राउंड अप एवरी सैटरडे फोर टू सिक्स पी एम ऑन मसाला नाइनटी एट पॉइंट सेवन एफ एम आई एम जवाहर फर्स्ट पंकज मलानी नोन फॉर लॉन्ग टाइम एंड इन फैक्ट आई एम नॉट दिन आई थिंकोरिटी Uh, Pankaj is the CEO of unique group of companies uh and he grew up in Sugarland and attended Kemp uh, Kempner High School. Where is Kempner High School? It's in Sugarland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's a graduate of the University of Texas with a Bachelor of Science in Advertising that he received in 2001. He completed a summer internship in the San Francisco advertising agency Hot Liquid Media. He moved to New York to work in the marketing department of a startup internet company, the EasyRoomMate.com. And Pankaj has always had a strong interest in teaching, so he earned certification to teach all subjects from fourth to fourth and eighth graders. He taught eighth grade math for two years in New York City and in Cypher District in Houston. Um, he then joined Unique Industrial Products in 2006. a company that was started up by uh, his dad and uh, he was co-founded by his dad in 2006 began training in the warehouse and then moved on to accounting purchasing sales etc so he worked his, uh, himself up from the bottom up and he helped to start elite components a brand new division of unique in 2009 and it achieved over 15 million in revenues in 2016 pankaj has helped complete the acquisition of another company kemp uh Kim Oil Products in 2010 and he grew this company from 3 million in revenue to 38 million in 4 years wow that's quite an achievement uh he's a board member for the youth leadership development program uh and he he has been involved with the community along with his dad uh, Jugal Malani and his mom Raj and they they who are, who are all over the place it seems like they have so much energy they keep on going everywhere and uh he's led um, pankaj led the sale of a majority ownership of elite components and chemoil to strategic buyer in 2019 he is the ceo of the unique group since 2014 after his father jugal decided that he wanted to have more time to travel and do other things that he in, in, he wanted to really enjoy and uh, he oversees a staff of 65 employees Welcome to the show Pankaj. Good to have you with us. Hey, thank you for having me on. Right. So and, and with that my my phone decides to run. Right. You know, this is amazing. <laughs> Welcome to our show Pankaj. We lovely to have you here. You know, thank you for thank coming you. all the way to the studio. So tell us a little bit more about uh, you know, your selling majority share of your subsidiary companies in 2019. Why did you decide to do that and you still operate a joint venture mixing different cultures so there are several things i think i asked too many questions okay. at the same time yeah, so you, you can yeah deal with it one at a time yeah history so yes. unique industrial was formed uh, in 1997 by uh, my dad and his business partner uh, pradeep gupta so um from 97 you know we uh continue to grow the business and then i i was not you know still that was in high school at the time so not part of the business but uh then you know business was doing doing well continuing to grow so then as uh in around 2009 you know we started to look into other 
avenues too, because as we saw that, you know, we have opportunities to get into different lines of business and companies that we were selling to, we wanted to do, you know, to create those products too. So, so we opened up other, so uh, these are like chemical, chem uh, they're not chemical products. products. So no. our main business is unique industrial, which supplies to manufacturing companies here. So we apply okay. to like H heating, plumbing, like, um, electrical, like large companies here. The we equipment. Sell the, uh, we sell them like parts. So it can be like component parts, Got or it. it can be like finished goods. So okay. it, all, it all depends, but everything is made specifically for that customer in the unique industrial. God, that's so, why you call yourself so unique. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind it's of it. Castings and yeah, other castings, fittings. machinings, uh, forgings, all kinds of different oh. uh, customized. Yeah. Stuff. All custom, all made specific for that customer. Got so it. that's how, that's kind of how the business got started. And it was mm -hmm. a, a very unique model at the time because we would bring in the inventory, keep it here you know, make it specific to a customer, but they only buy it as they need. So, oh. so they have a, you know, like a purchase order, but mm -hmm. then they'll take releases when, so for, for an American company to buy, they get their product like next day or within a couple of days, rather than having to order an entire container from overseas. So we're handling that responsibility. We store the product, we keep three to six months worth of inventory in our warehouse and then we supply them as needed. That way they can pr be ready for any spikes or, you know, any slow, you know, everything is like prepared. It, does, it doesn't take like several months to plan in advance. That's what we handle all that. that so it's a just-in-time inventory. Just-in-time inventory, exactly. Yeah. We do the vendor-managed inventory also. So we, you know, we look at what their previous uh, demand is and how much they bought. And we help, we work with our customers be like, hey, you know, is there a reason this is not selling? Or do you need to order more of this? So, you know, we're always constantly monitoring it along with them. So that way, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they know there's more, there's a, there's a large service that we provide. You know, we do the quality control for when products come in. You know, we do quality control at the factory end first when it, you know, over there, whether it's China, India, Taiwan. We, we, we import from like uh, 10, 11 different countries. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have, you know, people, we have people that work overseas that are, Making making sure that you know the product is up to quality and you know that everything is going right on the production end, and then when it comes here, we have a quality check team too that does it. You know, make sure that everything is there. Like you know, like the it's meeting all the specs, meeting all the requirements, all the certifications, and then from there, you know, we do the stocking product stocking program here, and we're able to supply the just in time inventory. So the big thing for the customer is that the financing part is it's handled by us, you know, so they don't have a lot of inventory on their books. Oh. So that's, that's really how things got started was because, you know, that no one wants to carry a lot of inventory on their books, you know? Right. Just, right. So and you, Pankaj, you uh, uh, about uh, the inventory that comes in from mm -hmm. abroad, do you add any local content? Do you finish anything? Uh, some, there's some small things that we can maybe do like some refinishing or things on, like if there's okay. something needed or like a light assembly, but mostly we like to work with products that that come in fully assembled, fully oh, okay. finished, and then we like either shelf ready or they'll go bulk packaging. So, sure. you know, it just depends. But yeah, we have a, a team here that, you know, if there is something that we can, if there's like minor issues or like repack, so sometimes it's, it's cheaper to bring in things bulk and then, you know, rebox it here. So there's sure. some things like that that we'll do, you know, oh, okay. that we have staff here to handle. So, so. Uh, I, I'm trying to understand, are you actually an OEM? We supply to OEMs. So oh. we supply to the OEM companies. Okay. What, companies. Sorry, but pardon uh, my ignorance. Yeah. What does OEM OEM stand is for? original equipment manufacturer. So, but so, the manufacturing is done like 99% abroad. Yeah. All of our products are sourced overseas, but the companies that we're supplying to, they're considered OEM companies because they have their own brand. You know, like, let's just, I'll give you one example. Uh, like, 
Peloton bikes, right? Mm -hmm. This is one company that, you know, that we started working with last year. This is kind of outside of our, our main, uh, um, industries, but we've been trying to expand into new industries also like, you know, fitness and, mm -hmm. and, uh, food and things like that too, like, uh, for f equipment. Mm -hmm. So in this case, you know, like, um, so what we do is we actually, we bring in the product here, you know, so like, uh, they, and they have their design ready. Right. So it's not, we're not creating anything in specific, it, right. They, it's built to their specs, built to their specs. So they're giving us either, they'll either give us a sample or they'll give us a drawing and they'll say, Hey, can you, you know, is there a way, can you, can you bring this over for us? You know, can you source this? And so, then, so sorry for the interruption. No I'm problem. trying to understand yeah. if, Pel if I was Peloton, yeah. Then I would give you the specs. I say, yeah, this this is what needs to be built. You find the manufacturer, mm -hmm. wherever you are overseas, yeah. and then you actually bring it back into the U.S. You go through customs, you go through, through yeah, freight we, and we everything else. Yeah, we handle all that part of it. So all that stuff is built into our cost handling. All the you know that portion of it. If there's any tariffs or things like that, which there are, you know, certain items, then you know it depends. Sometimes we'll pass them on. Sometimes it's built into the price of the product. So it just depends. And then. Now with, you know, we'll, I'm, we're going to get into some of these things later too, but with like COVID and, you know, the freight surcharges, some of those things we had to, where we normally would have just built it into the price, those were became, they became so high in such a, like a large portion of the, uh, of the price that we had to add it as, as a separate surcharge, you know? Right. So, yeah. So we had to talk to our, you know, and it was an individual cases, individual base with each customer about how, you know, how we were going to tackle this, you know, cause we were some, you know, they, they wouldn't accept the full you know, increase, but we, we have to pass on as much as we can because it's just costs for, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's understandable yeah. because these days, I mean, everything is uh, going a little crazy in the supply chain. Yeah, definitely. Right, so, so using Peloton as an example, sure. Peloton, of course, uh, has been going through a lot of changes right now because mm -hmm. of the market share that has dropped so much. But uh, if they went to you, what would be their advantage in doing this if they're trying to control costs? So what they do is, I mean, they need parts from all kinds of different sources, right? Because they're, they're assembling a bike here or they're, you know, wherever they're, they're putting their stuff together. In this case, they're doing it in Taiwan. So, so they need, you know, every, every company needs component parts. So they have to buy it either locally or they have to buy it, you know, overseas. So a lot of times what we try to do is there's a cost advantage, you know, of course, from bringing it from overseas. And then in this specific situation, we were shipping from... Uh, China to their factory in, in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So they were then assembling, you know, over there. So uh, the reason that they would come to us, like I said, is that they, they don't have to buy the full inventory at one time. Oh. And, and also, you know, like they, I mean, they don't have to buy like so many months worth of stock, you know, they get it as, as per their need. So we ship it to them as they need. And so, then they're... So that's the other aspect of the business that you're offering, which is really like uh, you're, you're financing mm -hmm. a lot of the product. And you're holding on to to a product until they want to have it released. Exactly. That's the that's where the just in time comes in, and that's what that's that was a big reason why these you know these these American customers started to get very interested when my dad and Pradeep started this business because it was something no one was offering at the time. You know, because it, it is a big risk and it takes a lot of um, a lot of capital to you know to be able to and to have like the bank resources to be able to right. you know, finance all that inventory. Right. So you part of it is the financing arm. Part of it is the logistics arm. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the distribution arm over here, bring it over here. Yeah, yeah, distribution arm too. And then, so, I mean, we also have an engineering team, you know, if mm -hmm. like a, if a customer needs like something tweaked or, you know, taken out, some weight taken out to make it more cost effective, there's different things that we offer, you know, so we can always work with the customer and if they have a design, we can tweak it with them and then, you know, get that 
build oversee, you know, get the samples and see if does it pass all the tests still, and then then it makes maybe have a more competitive product that they can take to market too. So it's very collaborative. Yeah, very with collaborative. The customer. Yeah, yeah. When like a, like with the vendor managed inventory is very collaborative. The uh, the whole design process is because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll go shelf ready. So we have to do the artwork, the box, everything has to be fully ready. So there's a lot of working together with that teams. You know the with this, their sourcing team and then even higher up. Uh, do you focus in on a certain classification of products? Uh, mostly metal products. So what started with, like, you know, like I said, more on the plumbing side, heating, you know, then it's kind of just branched out into other, you know, um, electrical. Then now, like, with the, um, the fitness thing that's become, and then we supply, like, a company that, that supplies, like, the, um, when you'd fry food at, like, McDonald's. Mm -hmm. So with the wire baskets and things mm -hmm. that, you know, so... So those are all like, you know, so those companies, you won't know who they are, right? But we supply the parts to them so they either then they can assemble that together and then have it ready to supply to like a McDonald's. And a lot of our products go into like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, uh -huh. but you'll never see our name on there because we're just sourcing it and then, you know, providing the, the customer's name. On, oh, I you see. Know, so Do you also support like oil and gas and... Yeah, so we I'm have, just reading up about you guys oh, on yeah, Google. Yeah. So, and I see yeah. a lot of stuff like maritime industries. Yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of different things that we're in. But, like, uh, so what we'd like, uh, I think the initial question was about the other subsidiary companies. So, we yes. started, you know, several different businesses because when we were bringing in products for these OEMs, we thought, hey, there's other avenues, you know, that we can have our own brand name here too, you know, maybe go and take some of these parts, these parts to market. So we started with like, uh, whenever you like hang, um, any kind of plumbing, you need these th the attachments and like, so they're called hangers. So if you, if you go in any parking garage or anywhere, you'll see all the attachments that needs yes, to keep the all pipes, the plumbing yes. and the fire. Correct. The fittings. Correct. So, yeah. Correct. All the fittings and all the, like they're essentially, they're just called like pipe hangers. So they, right. keep, they keep everything in place. Right. So we thought, okay, we're, you know, we can bring those in ourselves and, you know, we came up with our own brand name, elite components and then took it to market, you know, and it was a long process because in the beginning you have to get your foot in the door. You got to sell all the low margin products, you know, until eventually they, you know, you're competing yeah, with already stuff, established yeah. players, so it takes time, you know, to. So, to get so it was an effort um, uh, to become an OEM yourself. Uh, yeah, so almost, but like, yeah, like a different distribution company. So we have those those distribution companies had a different business model than Correct. than Unique Industrial. So, but when you did that, when you created Elite, you actually went into competition with some of your other OEMs. Uh, not specifically in that in that market, we weren't really supplying anyone those parts so we didn't we didn't compete with any we, we, we wouldn't go into a market where we already like have someone other either they've already like moved on to a different vendor or we wouldn't compete with our own customers because it wouldn't it wouldn't benefit us and also it would just you know well elite when you started out in 2009 and it, it uh, made 15 million bucks by 2016 seven years later and then you sold it in, to, in 2019 three years later uh, so is that Part of the 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 business plan that you get it up to a certain point and then you we didn't yourself? really start it with a plan like that in mind, mm -hmm. but you know we just uh, you know I'm sure you talked to my dad many times. He's very I guess, innovative, always looking to do new things, entrepreneurial yeah. in that sense. Yeah. So always looking right. for new avenues, new ways. Because sometimes it's in an OEM, it takes a very long time to get into a customer. You know, it might take you a year, a year and a half. You have to find the right person. You have to like you know go through all these like. Uh, different certs and yeah so um 
that it takes a long time to get into it. When once you're in, you're in for a good amount of time. You know, yeah, like, yeah. they're not going to drop you unless something goes wrong. So it's like a very stable relationship. And then there you continue on the distribution side. You can get sales immediately. You know, you go out there, you have a good sales team. And if you show that you have a product that can compete with other people's products, then it's able to, you know, if you have a, either a cost benefit or you have some kind of uh, function that's a little bit better or, you know, could be the packaging, could be something that they like better or, you know, where you're distributing to. So there it's, you can sell products immediately. So, uh, so Pan Pankaj, uh, your dad, when he was here for an interview last year, uh, he talked about uh, preformed concrete. Is that still a continuing business? Yeah, that's uh, that's continuing in a, in another subsidiary. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so we have that in, in a company called Unique uh, uh, Unique Fasteners. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, so like when we had all these other uh, business units, you know, like the oil and gas company and Elite Components. Chem Oil. Yeah, Chem Oil. So that one was actually came through an acquisition. So it was a customer of ours. And they were in financial trouble, and they were they were supplying to the oil field. You know, the oil field was very hot at the time, but they just were not financing themselves well. You know, they were spread too thin. So we, we came into opportunity to be able to buy their inventory, hired on their staff, and then you know then you kept their brand name. Their brand name was already well known in that oil field uh, industry, mm -hmm. and the people were known. You know, so so we hired their entire staff, brought them over. And then from there, we were able to then build it, you know, like get that inventory, you know, we got that at a, at a good price. And then to be able to then continue to like bring in, add additional products, you know, like we really looked at what's the range that we can get into, you know, there's, there was like a, there's so many different products, right? You can get yeah. into an oil field. So anything okay. metal, we would just continue to add and add in that. <coughs> so sorry to interrupt, uh, folks. No, we no. will be going to a commercial break in a okay. minute or so. So we are talking to Pankaj Malani, and uh, he is the CEO of the Unique Group since 2014. And, you know, he's telling us about his line of business and what he does and how they grew into a huge uh, company. He oversees a staff of 65 employees and we will be back uh, right after the commercial break. Right. Stay tuned and if you all have any questions for Pankaj, call us please at 281-277-6874. You're listening to Indo-American News Radio. Yes, yeah, so don't and go we'll away. We'll be right we'll back. Be, we will be right back. American News Radio, India News, U.S. News, World News, Movie Reviews, and Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American Indo News Radio. What is this? For you. special. Wow, diamond necklace. Maharaja se. Bringing diamonds to life. 
लुकिंग फॉर फ्रेश होम स्पाइसेस चंद्रिका मसाला इज द प्लेस चंद्रिका मसाला रिटेल आउटलेट एट फैक्ट्री लोकेशन वन थ्री टू टू जीरो मॉर्फी रोड चंद्रिका मसाला वन हंड्रेड परसेंट होम मेड स्पाइसेज आटाज एंड चटनी सेवन वन थ्री सेवन एट नाइन Indo American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews and Local Community Roundup every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. on Masala 98.7 FM Hi I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali and I'm Pramod Indo American News Radio Welcome back folks we're talking to Pankaj Malani about his company the unique industry, uh, unique pr- group of companies unique industrial products company so it was started with unique industrial products company and now you know as we added the several subsidiary companies now it's the unique group but as i was mentioning we in 2019 we sold off a uh, majority share in every, in all the other subsidiary companies except for unique industrial our our core business core business yeah. the original business the original business so we continue to house like those those companies in our you know in our sugarland warehouses so we have them there and actually when we did this sale we continue to keep you know we have a you know a partnership in these businesses and mm-hmm. what they did was that you you know like they kept the employees like that were going to like were handling like spe- like the sales team for each like for Kemoil sales team they kept intact they kept like the elite sales team intact per se you know and right. then you know and then along with other of course the management team too you know they kind of sure. split people up into what they needed so then we were able to like you know divide and you know keep all of unique industrial in one building and then the other building was all so this new entity we called uh they called it sigma piping products oh, okay. so everything is kind of lumped under there and now so my dad you know he was supposedly was retired but then once this whole thing happened so he's actually the ceo of spp mm. and i look over uh, unique industrial oh, okay. so, so, so it's an opposite philosophy uh, compared to twitter <laughs> What explain explain that? What do you mean? Twitter fired everyone on their staff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. they definitely didn't do that. So they, they they knew the value of what they were buying. You know, right? Like, exactly. And a lot of that is, is in the people. It's in the you know, like we have very knowledgeable people, very like you know, strong staff. So that's, yeah. You besides, know, you know, the inventory, the physical inventory, exactly. and so forth. it's goodwill and uh, uh human resources exactly, that you yeah, get that was a lot of what they were purchasing and then our contacts you know our, cu- our customer contacts and our sure. vendor contacts so too, spp know. you still own a, uh, a, a we still own a portion of it okay yes. which is and it's headed by your dad yeah so on okay. the day to day he's looking over it but we have like you know for each uh, individual subsidiary we have like a president who manages like the daily operations and then you know then we have a sourcing team we have teams that manage all of that so but <laughs> as a whole he looks over that and then i don't really go into the daily of spp and i i look over for uh, unique, unique industrial uip then, yeah so same thing so we kind of look over what you know we see which is doing cuz we're like right next to each other but we don't try to be too involved in the other so we don't right yeah stepping on toes so that that brings me to uh, a question i had about you about the your role in the company your second generation owner of the company mm-hmm. and uh, there are, are another few uh, people and a few uh i guess young men who like this rishi butara is one of them mm-hmm. um uh the, the what's his name the uh, ashok dingra's yeah, son is abhishek. another one abhishek yeah. is another one so 
you grew up. I played basketball with Shake this morning, actually. Oh, so, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You grew up and uh, in uh, in the Sugarland area. You ended up getting a degree in uh, and working in the advertising field, marketing, and then teaching. So apparently, your interests were elsewhere when before you joined the company. Do you think that those interests have helped you to form? Uh, uh, to a leadership role within the company now? Definitely. I think, I, you know, so being around a family business when you're young in high school and college, it doesn't seem very appealing. You know, it's like it's not something that you want to necessarily, you want to go out there and, you know, make your own mark and do other things. So um, that's why when I, even when I got into, you know, when I got my degree, I wanted to go out and try, you know, try different things, go into, you know, see if I could make it in the advertising world. And then, you know, and then I always had, from an early age, I always had a passion for teaching and, you know, working with kids, doing, you know, like uh, different things there. So like um, um, I taught in uh, middle school in New York City and there, that was, there, there was part of a program called the New York City Teaching Fellows. So like, oh, for, okay. like yeah, so for like underfunded schools. And, it's you know, kind it's, of like Teach for America. It's very America. similar to Teach for America, but it's just like in like some of the... Sure. You know, that like must the, have been quite well, challenging for you, right? It was definitely challenging. And coming back to Houston after I did that, then I came back and taught here for a year or two. That was a very challenging experience. And it's... Uh, but I think it taught me a lot too, because it taught you a lot about um, preparation and patience, I think, you know, especially like here, like when you, the, when you start off teaching, they don't give you like the honors classes and yeah. the, you know they <laughs> yeah yeah so like when you first teach you know like it, it's kind of uh counterproductive in a way because they're throwing the newer teachers into some of these like situations so i, I taught like a, in a remedial math class you know so this was for kids that didn't pass the tax like the state exam right so they have to take this class in place of like a um elective so in place of like gym or you know band Which they or didn't enjoy so, uh, at they all they obviously hated coming into <laughs> yes. class because they already are taking a math class and now they're going in for the second class that they have to take in place of something that they actually like you know so it was a big challenge but every day it's like you know if you don't come in prepared you know like if you don't have a lesson plan if you don't have something you know the whole thing will go completely awry right, you know right. so and it's kids it's middle school kids so they're just waiting for any opportunity for things to go haywire, you know, right, so right. it's like... What, what, what did your father uh, especially think about this, uh, this, this pursuit of yours? I um, mean, he must yeah. have been thinking, well, you know, did he think, well, maybe he should spend more time, productive time within the company? Yeah, when I was, so when I was like 22, like right out there, uh, like a few months after college, so I actually did join the business right away then, but I just felt like I wasn't... Um, I put, put my using my time very well and it was like an already existing business i didn't know where to fit in and it just felt very like forced you know mm -hmm. and i knew my heart wasn't there and i think my dad realized that too so he was like okay go do your thing you know figure out what you want to do so he was very open to that because he realized that when i was there i wasn't like you know yeah and it's it's hard to you know unless you have like a daily responsibility to walk into a company and now you're the owner's son like what are you supposed to do you know yeah, yeah. so yeah. until so then when i so then after like, it was like four, about four years or so where I, you know, did these other things, you know, like taught and, you know, worked in advertising, went to, you know, teach English, things like that. So once I came back and I realized, I think on my own is when I wanted to come back when I was around 26 and I was like, okay, I think I've done the things that I think will prepare me. And now I want to go in there like 
with like an open mind and be ready for it and not feel like I was trapped there, you know? And right, I think that but, was, but you started from the bottom up even when you joined. Yeah. The- yeah. No, 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 my dad was very clear on that. Like, you know, when you come in, you don't, you know, you don't give someone the keys to the, you know, so I was like, you know, starting off by like, you know, gluing the labels onto the Aww. crates and like, you know, doing that. And then I, I would, and I would, and I would work in the warehouse in the summer. So I knew like kind of what it was like, but you know, but here now you're like okay so you have to go out there and like now earn everyone's trust and respect and you know so there they so know who you Pankaj, are of course yes uh since um, uh you started from the bottom up and grew the um uh, your role in the company uh, i also heard that uh, unique is a very uh, uh, great place to work uh, you have uh, uh, table tennis mm-hmm. and volleyball so it's a uh, very productive environment. Yeah, we try to keep it like, you know, like, like I said, our, one of our most important resources is the people that we have, you know. Yeah. And, we, and we all appreciate that. I think my dad, you know, taught me that from an early age that that's, that is a very valuable thing that, you know, that every company has. And especially in, in our situation, if we don't have the people, then it's like, you know, all these other things, they won't fall into place. And you, so... We want to make sure that it feels like a family environment and it's like, you know, and we have places that, you know, like when we take our, um, you know, we always do like collaborative things. We go, like I said, we have the, the sports facility at our, at our place. We have, the, right. you know, we have the like the game room with the ping pong and all that. So it's a good place where people can, you know, mix. And also what it helps with a lot of times is someone that you may not interact with on a daily in like a different department or a different subsidiary company now you can come there and share ideas and, you know, someone so was that, that you, your idea to set that up? It was. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's those, amazing. Those were my ideas. But, and it helps in employee it, retention it as well. Uh, a lot Absolutely. of people are come there and they're There's really, loyalty. Yeah. And, yeah. They, they enjoy people seeing that People feel appreciated. So I saw like the whole, yeah. like the way they do it. I visited some of my friends in Silicon Valley, like at Yammer and, you know, they different offices. I saw how their offices were set up and I was like, ours looks nothing like you know, this. Yeah. You know? And I was like, and it's obviously a different industry, but. And it's a different demographic, but mm-hmm. there's definitely different, concepts. There's a different can, culture. Different culture, but you can apply some of those things here. Now we've we've kind of branched in. We get like more, I think we have a younger staff now and a little bit more diverse. You know, when we first started off, it was a little bit older, more Indian, you know, just because that's who we, you know, like. Started with. Yeah, started with my dad new. So then as things have changed now, and then as you go mm-hmm. into sales for different, you know, like, uh, industries you, you need you need that dynamic young energy to you know to right, be able to yeah. connect with the, who the purchasing people are over there so, so. so by virtue of starting from the bottom up and and and, and so on uh do you happen to know a, I mean, a great deal of your staff personally oh of course yeah yeah i know all of our staff yeah so and then even more so in the beginning because like you know like i told you i, I learned spanish too so yeah we have, you know we have a lot of spanish-speaking employees in our warehouse so that was very helpful to connect you know they see that okay you, can, you know you can speak with us and then like and i think it's important you can eat to tacos have, with them yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's good to have like a you know that connection with everyone you know you don't want to treat anyone differently whether it's the janitor or you know anyone the executive everyone should be treated with respect so pankaj with all the groundwork that you did you know all the challenges that you faced with teaching this that so that set you up for you know facing all the challenges during covid right i'm sure that must have been a tough period yeah yeah covid was definitely a big challenge and a and a major uh, change for us you know so overnight all of our factories were you know shut down there was so many different things happening and you know the and you know our office of we had, we were able to keep our our warehouse open through covid because we had a 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, we got like a you know the an exemption because we had products that were needed. You know, they go into plumbing, they go sure. into so our warehouse continued to stay open, but our office had to close for you know for several months, and then from there, once things started to open back up, you know we adopted different policies. Um, you know when when people had to come in before it was a very traditional. You know, you come in nine to five Monday through Friday. You know, and now it's more of like a hybrid work schedule where people are, you know, and they're they come in as uh they're able to work from home as needed you know they if they have like other family situations you know they can handle those because now we realize that just being in the office is not the same things have changed in the world and we realize it in our in our uh, company also you know there's so like the hybrid work schedule i think has worked out really well for a right. lot, of, lot of our staff remote know, so. remote work is is yeah. actually working out very well and, for a lot of people yeah we didn't drop any productivity or anything so people are continuing they're happier you know they're able sure. to maintain their outside life while you know while still being a part of the business so they come in you know like most people still come in every day but right. it's just maybe not like the entire time or like sure. you know, they're able to do some if they need to go somewhere to handle something from home it's fine and we have a uh uh, you know, ERP systems like a enterprise. So our entire right, right, system right, is right. run uh, on the cloud base. So, yeah. so we can pretty much log in anywhere, you know, and anyone can set up. Right. So we and use a company called NetSuite to do all of our, you know, our financial management or you know, inventory management. Everything is run through there. So pretty much, if you have access to internet, you have you have, you're able to access all your information. So no, you know, now with great. Zoom and you know Teams and all that, we. Everything has kind of changed, but I think it to me, I think it's for the better. You know? right. right, and Pankaj, your dad is quite involved in the community, uh, places like India House mm-hmm. and Eka with Dalai. Are you planning to follow in his footsteps? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I was involved with uh, the youth YLDP for a few oh, okay. years, and then like, Very in good. A, yeah, India House, we were doing our little table tennis thing there, so right. yeah, we need to, yeah, definitely want to get involved more in Magic Bus and other, other, um. Yeah, charity charity yes. events. Uh, Pankaj, what about uh, your future goals for uni- unique industrial products? Future goals. So what we're looking into right now, like some expansion. Like right now, most of our companies are uh, in the U.S. So there is, you know, and that leaves so many other markets available. So we're looking to now to really go international, you know, go. We have some potential customers. We have a little bit of business, but very little, like in Europe and Canada and Mexico. So going into some of those markets, maybe the Middle East, you know, doing some things there and then continuing to broaden our um, our industries too, you know. So like, you know, like that Peloton was a good step into fitness. So if we can continue and once you have like one big name in your, you know, portfolio, in your portfolio, then yeah. other people are willing to accept that, you know, okay, these guys must know what they're doing. Let, let, let's give them a chance, you know. So there's a lot of opportunities there too i think so right yeah different. yeah yeah so are you uh thinking that the base for all of that is going to be right here in houston or you're going to be opening up offices in europe somewhere um it all depends you know like we like right now we handle majority for unique industrial is all handled through uh through our sugarland warehouse you know so like in the other companies we have like affiliate warehouses or we have like distribution centers like in the oil field we have it in where where the parts are needed like Oklahoma City we have a warehouse there in Odessa Texas we have a warehouse so on the unique industrial side if it's needed we can add something somewhere if but um, it all depends you know it just depends if we want to be close to a customer certain customers have asked hey can you bring product closer to us so we can either rent a warehouse there or you know like so there's so essentially it's kind of like uh, you you have distribution centers elsewhere. I mean it's 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 the Amazon model except much smaller. 
on, on the distribution side. We don't have other warehouses for Unique Industrial. For Unique Industrial, we have our one warehouse here in Sugarland. But for but the then, other ones? Yeah, for the other ones we do, because they're, they're, it's a distribution, like a hub and spoke kind of, you know, where they, they can send to this Correct. warehouse, and then from there, it's able to distribute to that, that local market. So on the final note, what, what are some of your, we only have a couple of minutes, but okay. what is one or two of your largest challenges? Largest challenges? Um, I'd say right now, a lot of it is, uh, is still the challenges of... of uh, good talent? Huh? Good talent? talent? No, we have very good talent, but just uh, in, in keeping people too, and like, you know, in staff and like... Retention? The, retention. Retention for, I'd say more for like the warehouse is that, that becomes a challenge because there's a lot of opportunities and people are going elsewhere. You know, those are a lot of other places have opened up. So that, that become one. But we have a lot of our staff has stayed with us for a long time. So I don't see that, that much as a challenge, but more like some of the things that, that are still continuing to, I guess, um, you celebrated 25 years. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. From, oh, from, from COVID. Yeah. Like, you know, so, then, so maybe have you automated uh, automation of some of the warehouse functions? Is that there's a lot no, of technology No, we're looking there? into doing barcoding and things like that, which we don't have that set up yet. So I think once we do, then we'll have to be able to, you know, we, we've done some of the things where like, you know, where they, the warehouse guys take the iPads and then they're able to, you know, like to do like the show the inventory transfer right away. We have online selling. So so there's different things that we're able to incorporate into that. And yeah, like you're, to your point, we did celebrate 25 yeah, years. Yeah, and I'm year. seeing that yeah. you all made a group trip to Puerto Rico. That yeah. sounds like so much yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So That's we were a thinking, wonderful way to appreciate your employees. Yeah, I wish yeah. you know, <laughs> something did something for us like that. <laughs> okay, you know? so Charlie. <laughs> we go to yeah. Margaritaville. <laughs> we're we're going to give you a one-way ticket somewhere. <laughs> so Pankaj, yeah, a no, lot yeah. of companies are seeing uh, the oncoming of po a possible recession. Do you see that? It, it seems to be coming for us, too. So right now, we, we can see that a lot of customers have over-ordered last year, you know, because they were uh -huh. people. When it was COVID time, they, it was just how fast can you get us product? How You know, it, it was no question. Just bring it as soon as you can. And now they overloaded themselves. So now they have nowhere to keep it. They have, you know, so they're overloaded. So now, but we've already brought it. And it's, like I said, it's difficult oh. for us to stop the spigot once it's already, you know, being produced and we have purchase orders. So... So right now, that is a big challenge for us right now. So we have a lot of additional over, over, over supply overstock, overstock that yeah. we have to, and, you know. But like I said, these are all of our products are made against purchase orders. So we know that the customer is going to eventually take them, but when it's like how, when and how yeah. fast can you get these out of, sure. you know, we and, don't want to be hold the one And there's no the, way you can sell it to someone else. You right? can't. Yeah. No, no, no. That's our, we have right. agreements well, in place and where we don't, you know, don't sell it to anyone else. Yeah. Pankaj, thank you so much for joining us. We, we unfortunately run out of time, even though we thought we still have so many more things that we can discuss, but we really appreciate you taking the time to come in and explain to us how unique industrial products functions and, and your role there. We wish you the best of luck for the no. future. Yes. Thank you and so your much. Company. No, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I know it feels like it got cut a little bit short, but definitely we can, you know, another time. We yeah, can, continue yeah, the yeah, conversation. Actually, actually, we were, we were, we're just about <laughs> at, at the at 40 5 o'clock yeah, uh, hour. 40, and yeah, we're at 40 minutes. So, yeah. But we really do need to have you back on because, yeah, you know, things change as, as they change, then we'd like people to know how they can, you know, depend on unique industrial yeah, products. Yeah, kudos we, to everything that you're doing. You can Thank come you. back Thank and you. talk about table tennis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to him with yeah, His she's, other she's passion. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, folks. We'll be right back. This is Indo-American News Radio. You know.
Get on the Indo-American News Radio Quiz Show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today IndoAmericanNews at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. with Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews And Local Community Roundup Every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali And I'm Pramod Indo-American News Radio Hello, everyone. This is Indo-American News Radio. We're having so much fun taking pictures over here <laughs> and saying goodbye to Pankaj uh, Malani. And uh, and uh, so we, we we figured that we'd have a few more commercials to, to hang on to, but we don't have enough commercials there. So we're back. And uh, uh, we're now joined by our next guest, who's in the studio with us in Sinchali. Would you like to tell us a little bit about him? So we have the uh, you know privilege of having Hubert Vaz Nayak join us again in the studio. He has joined us in a different capacity earlier, but today he's joining us in a different capacity. So he's a co-founder, board member, and the head of sales, marketing, and strategy for Gravity Energy, Texas's fastest-growing electric vehicle charging infrastructure operator. Hubert's involvement in the EV charging industry began in 2016 when the private equity fund that acquired EVgo from NRG Energy engaged him to lead the efforts to extract EVgo from NRG and stand it up as a standalone company EVgo was then relocated to California and eventually taken public EVgo is now one of the largest EV network operators in the US today Hubert is involved with Gravity Energy which is headquartered in Houston and is one of the only full turnkey EV charging infrastructure operators in Texas. In the short while since the company was started in 2021, it has become the fastest growing EV charging infrastructure operator in the state. The company has also started manufacturing its own level 2 chargers in India and later this year will become one of the very few companies in the world manufacturing high speed level 3 chargers wow that's quite a bit i don't even know what level 2 level 3 all of that is so that's where you come in hubert Bigger welcome numbers, to our right? show welcome to our show again it's lovely having thank you on you. our Glad show to be again on. yes yeah hubert you thank- have such a radio voice i tell you <laughs> <laughs> no seriously yes. you do are you saying something here <laughs> his voice is suited for the are radio are you saying that he should be at the mixing board he has lot of bass yes <laughs> his voice is just suited for the radio so in any case uh, hubert tell us about uh, um, the company and what it does sure. yes because so, i have uh, friends who own uh, electric cars and they're very unhappy that there are not enough chargers around well there aren't enough and that's the yeah. scary thing right yeah. i mean when you think about it um, we see a lot of uh, electric cars on the road and that's really small compared to how much you know we expect to see on the road in the coming 10 to 15 years especially with states like california and new york have already mandated that 
you know, 100% of cars that are so, uh, sold in those states have to be electric by 2035. The auto manufacturers themselves are saying, you know, they're going to do that. But it's not like it's going to happen overnight, right? I mean, we've got almost 300 million gasoline and diesel vehicles on the roads in the U.S. That's 300 million charging stations. Well, no, most probably, we not need 300 million charging stations, no. but we'll need a lot. I mean, they're saying we're going to need about yeah, $100 billion have, dollars of yeah. infrastructure put into the ground for mm -hmm. charging, public charging. It's not even home charging. How many gas stations are there? In, uh, I think there are 85,000 <laughs> gas stations, so that, if I'm not that, mistaken, that around many, the U.S. At least so that, at many. Least that we'll many. Need, many. No, we'll need yeah. more than that. Remember, yeah. the, the, the gas station of the future doesn't have to be in a gas station. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. yeah, yeah. It can yeah. be in a busy parking, uh, you know, on, in a parking lot on a busy street. Well, that, that's right? why I'm saying there'll be millions of charging stations because each star charging station, level three, for example, it can have four ports in it, for example. And so each port is four gas, cars. Yeah, it, gas it depends. If you, if you, you go to Tesla, yeah. yeah, they'll have one, you know, dispensing power unit and they'll have typically four ports to it. Mm -hmm. Um Probably ours are, are more like, you know, ours, our level three really high-speed charging stations are more, they look more like a gas pump. Oh, okay. And they'll have two ports to them. Hubert, right. uh, gas stations you fill up in like, say, 10 minutes. But ten minutes. these charging stations, they take forever. Well, level three is actually That's quite, quite fast. Yeah. It depends. So, so the yeah. new, the really high-speed ones, yes. those are also 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20. To take them up to 80%. Well, generally, they don't recommend you charge a battery more than 90% mm -hmm. um, unless you really have to do a long road trip. So, yeah, you'd want to charge it about that. But most of the time, the most cost-effective, most time-effective is going to be in your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The challenge is that more than half of America right now lives in rental properties, um, you know, apartment complexes. Yeah. And people are str already struggling when the number of EVs out on the road is pretty minuscule right mm -hmm. if you go to most tesla tesla has 35000 charging ports around the country mm -hmm. and most of them are backed up mm -hmm. and the yeah. number of you know while tesla has a lot of the market share of evs the number of absolute number of cars they have out there is really small right right and so that's a scary thing that that we're going to have to put in hundreds of thousands and millions and millions of these ports around the country while people are also go to be putting them in their homes right right uh, because your cars are sitting stationary 90, 95% of the time, you know, True. you drive to work, they're sitting there, you drive back home, they're sitting there overnight. So people they don't care about the speed when they, they are, they, the car's parked for a long time. They say, oh, at home, it's cost, most cost effective, plug it in and it charges up over seven that's, or eight or nine hours and they're good with that. That's mm -hmm. what now, most people do. But Hubert, what's your pricing <laughs> model? Because Tesla, uh, their charging stations are free for their customers. The first year. Oh, okay. The first year. And if you buy a car from anybody else, you get the first year typically free at EVgo. Okay. And in some cases, there's a company called Electrify America, which is uh, which was started up by uh, Volkswagen. Uh -huh. And the reason that was started by Volkswagen was because they were fined, as you may recall, in the diesel scandal. Right. Yes. Um, and so they were fined by the federal government and two billion of that had to be carved out to install charging stations around the country. 800 million of that was is allocated for just California. Oh, okay. The same way, by the EVgo was also kind of started off to a certain extent because NRG was chastised by the government for for electricity price gouging in California. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, these are the See, things that the started part of our charging industry, right? Well, uh, l let me go back a little bit here. Um, you mentioned people can plug in the chargers at home and wait for seven or eight hours for the cars to be charged up. So there's a, and there's a difference between a level two and a level three charger. Sure. 
So explain what that difference is. So level two is a small, is a slow charger. You know, that's what you would have with the house. Yeah, the plug point and the power is very similar to your uh, your uh, washer dryer. Uh, yeah, home okay. two forty. Yeah, exactly. And that one you will charge up. You know, about twenty to thirty miles an hour. Oh, you realize you keep in mind that the power can be supplied at a certain speed, but the decider of how much power you're going to take in is really the car. Uh-huh. Right. So even if you plug in at a super high super char- speed, you know, of 100, 150, 200, 250 <laughs> kilo, uh, uh, kilowatts, the car is going to dictate and determine how, how quickly it wants to take the power. So the battery is going to dictate. The battery, sometimes the ambient temperature, mm-hmm. you know, that's why batteries kind I of think there is an themselves issue. at a certain temperature. Right. And also then how, where in the charge cycle it is. So mm-hmm. initially it will come in really fast and then the, then the battery will say, hey, slow down, slow down. Like I you know, need to sort this out. And as it gets fuller, it starts slowing down. And Hubert, uh, isn't, doesn't the industry have a challenge in uh, cold weather uh, for charging? So, so cold weather, yeah. Cold weather will be, you know, should Very be difficult. technically slower. And that's something that's, you know, the industry has to figure out. Industry has to figure out where all this power is going to come from. Uh-huh. Traditionally, when we, our, our conventional wisdom is that power at night is in, is in, is in surplus. You know, yeah. in Texas, you can get plans where you don't pay for power at night, right? right. Mm-hmm. But now that's going to start flipping because when cars go home and start charging up, yeah, you're going to have would. to figure out, well, there's a lot of power being consumed in the day, you yeah. know, in, in offices the, and industry. And at night, the cars are sucking it out. Right? Houston right. weather, so much flooding. I think during those situations also, I've heard that electric cars have an issue and, you know, the batteries get affected. Batteries get affected when people drive into water. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, but That's for it, any kind of car. You know, when well, but, but the batteries is a little worse because remember, the batteries are at the bottom. Submerged. Yes. Yeah. They get, and those yeah. cars are low, especially right, Teslas. Right. Right? Tesla, so exactly. That really screws around the with, person with, with, I know the, with the cars. His, yes. Yeah, car yes. was... So, coming back to your earlier question, Jawar. So, level two is, you know, the slower one. The level three technically starts off at 30 kilowatts, right? No one does it. The starting point is typically 50, 60 kilowatts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the really high speed so is about 150, 180, 200, you know, uh, ABB. Some uh, Porsche is planning to do 350. Oh, wow. Which means you can fill the whole thing up in seven minutes flat, right? right. Uh, but the car has to be able to handle that. Yeah. And But what you also realize is when you kind of start putting these systems in, the power requirement is huge. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people come to us, oh, we like to put in this high-speed one, especially when we have a pricing model where whatever you pay us up front, we'll have a way for you to recover it through um, depreciation tax savings, federal tax credits, rebates, kind of almost comes to a wash, right? And you're taking basically, especially you know, if you, you've, you've got a hotel or something with two parking spots, you put one of these stations in there, we, we can show you how to convert that into actual money maker, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've got two passive parking spots, you put one of these these stations, these are really high-speed stations in there, people come and charge up, you're making a good amount of profit on it. Mm-hmm. The challenge is whether you have enough power to supply those stations, right? Mm-hmm. And just a 60 kilowatt unit with two uh, ports will require uh, about 175 amps of extra power. Right. Right, we put two of them recently into the full share. the The site owner had to uh, had to arrange for a, a extra transformers and extra power to be brought in over there. Mm, well, and yeah. those things, as you it's know, in your business, challenge. those are not cheap things. Yeah, major so, challenge. so, what is the price point of a level two charger and a level three charger? 
it depends on what kind of setup you Let's have. So if you go to a competition, mm-hmm. suppose you go to a competition for a level two charger, ChargePoint will sell you one station with two ports for 15,000. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go find your own electrician, your own person to dig in the ground, your own concrete person. By the time you're done, you, it's about $30,000 from our competition. Mm-hmm. Come to us, we'll do this typically for about 10,000. It's headache free. We design, install so, permits. So level two. Yeah, and we'll install four of those stations uh, for for ten thousand dollars cash up front. Well, this is gravity energy. This is gravity energy. Okay. So, but and so, what about the level three charger? Those depend on where you want them, what speed you want. Those so, obviously run, you know, much much more. Uh, but there's a big, Hubert, big, there's a uh, big difference a, between the level two and level three pr- price big point. Difference. Yeah, big of difference course. in price yeah. point, but of of course, those are things you'd only want to really put in in a gas station. Or exactly. you put in in a in a parking lot, lot that has a lot of traffic. Movies, yeah, theaters, yeah. yeah. Right, you know, but it does kind of make sense to have the electric chargers in existing gas stations, doesn't it? It does, but you know, like if you look at, some, in to, fact, I just passed a new. So Shell has gotten this in a big way. Okay. Oh, really? So Shell bought the TimeWise gas station network, which is I think two or three thousand locations. Right. Um, and they a month ago bought the fourth largest public company in our space, a company called Volta. You may uh-huh. have seen them, you know, when you go to a, uh, a mall or yes. you're, you're at, uh, at a Coles or something, you'll see this huge six or seven foot high LCD screen. Yes. Uh, and so their whole business model, which is, in my opinion, quite broken, is they sell advertising, you get a free charge up. Oh, okay. A level two. Really? Which is not very much. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so I wondered wh- why Shell would have bought these guys. And, and my take is that basically it's... Um, you know, for their ability to maintain and manage and uh, a network nationwide. Mm. It's a skill set that the two 800-pound gorilla, gorillas in our space are blink charging and charge point don't necessarily have because yeah. they are just equipment resellers, right? So uh, look at the new Shell gas stations that are being built. They've got one gas pump installed and usually they'll put a second one next to it for the but they're leaving it blank right now, which I'm assuming uh, is for a future electric station to right. do that. So, so uh, when you have a charger uh, and you've plugged in your car to be charged at, at, let's say, a mall or someplace like that, will it kind of beep when it's done? If it's a fast charger, it's only 15, 20 minutes, right? Because you can't keep on leaving. Nobody else will be able to use that point if you're still hooked so in. If so you're, if you're sitting in your car, you'll see it on your, on your screen. But but if you're not, if you're not, then typically you can get a, a text sent to you, telling you, hey, and because because you want that space to be available to somebody exactly. else, exactly. And so a lot of companies have overage charges. Oh, you know, so you you yourself want to keep an eye on it because if when you you're full, you basically start paying a penalty. So oh. how much would an average charge be to, for a full charge uh, after so the first year? For us, for us, uh, a typical charge would be about you know twenty bucks. For a whole tank. Think of it that way. But so, it doesn't last too long. How many miles does it give? 390 miles. Yeah, you can get three. I'm like, I've, I've got a Lucid coming in. It'll give me 420 miles. So it's probably one third of the cost of gasoline. Seems like. More than that. Typically, you, you know, when they Half look at the a price. comparison uh, today, most of these cars are rated at 150, 170 miles. So I rode in a Lucid the other day. And okay. the owner, he went to charge his car at this 
place. It, there's a very specific spot where he can only go and charge his car. There are not that many options. And then he had to wait there. He couldn't leave the car. But it's an inconvenience, it right? Is, a huge is. inconvenience. It is, absolutely. And that is the challenge. A lot of these stations are being put in places that are inconvenient mainly because some of these companies just have to put them in. I mean, we got a lot of companies that will come to, oh, I got 20 locations. I said, great, but, you know, we, we just can't come in and put 20. We'd love to do 20. Say, for yeah. instance, but it's, I'm, not, it's just not the right thing to do. So let yeah. us look at the 20 locations if and I'm we'll going, tell you which going, ones going, say, from sense. here to Dallas, you know, right. and you don't find a charging station in between, you know, I won't be able to take Sincerely, that car. I've, I've had a Tesla for eight years. Uh, I was I've going never, to, that was I've my next question. I've never taken it out of town. <laughs> that have, right? I, do you drive <laughs> an electric car? So yeah. you were only limited to very... I've, I've never taken it out of town. Yeah, because you cannot. Yeah, so while on the highway, I can fill up, you know, but the problem is it takes a long time right and then when i get to the city what do i do i went to mount rainier yeah but tesla has a map where all the charging yes, points yes. are so let me tell you, you about and that they're the best in the whole country so yes. just imagine if the best in the country is still not good enough that means so much more it's needs to not happen. good enough right. because i went to mount rainier in washington from portland oregon same thing we were riding back and there were no tesla stations to be found then we found one where you can pay and you know but it wasn't working. So it's a huge challenge. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. So, so the infrastructure hasn't, hasn't kept up. I mean, right now, there are about 130,000 public charging ports in America. Mm-hmm. The federal government's estimate is that a quarter of them are not functioning. Wow. Really? And why? Because of the way the industry has evolved. So I'm going to give you a bit of a lecture here. Okay. Uh-huh. Because I come out of the wireless industry. Right. And if you look at your cell phone. Right. When you're in the car, your cell phone is running off a cell network. But when you're at home, what's it running off? Your Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who put the Wi-Fi network in? We did. Yeah. Individuals did. Right? right. The cell phone industry was forced to adopt it. What's happening in, 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 the, in the charging industry is the charging guys are selling the hardware, asking you to install it. They expect you to maintain and manage it. Uh-huh. Right? So the challenge is at home, it's fine. It's a simple plug. But when you're on the road, people want this high speed stuff. But if the site, o- the, you know, the, the people providing the service are required and expected to maintain and manage it and they don't generate enough revenue, mm-hmm. they're saying, you know what, I'm not going to bother about fixing it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening is what's happening is that, uh, uh, again, coming back to the wireless industry. So the wireless industry built the initial cell sites. Now they don't do it. They've handed it off to big public companies that, who do nothing else but maintain and manage cell sites. Right. right. So that's what we're saying is why are you expecting, why does the industry expect a hotel owner or an apartment complex owner to maintain and manage the equipment? We're going to do that. So are there government and funds, that's what we do. funds and in, government well, funds and incentives to to plenty, for, you know, but I think Jawar is looking uh, at. Are we going on yeah, a commercial we're, we're break? Gonna, we're going to be going to commercial break in a, about fifty seconds. But when we come back, we can take Sanchali's question about government yes, incentives yes. and so on. And one other question that is a very powerful uh, uh, thing to, that that you just touched on is, where is the electricity to power all this stuff going to come from? Correct. So, folks, Natural we're going gas. to Hubert Vaznaik. He's, uh, he's the co-founder of a company called Gravity Energy. And they're involved, uh, they've been in business for about two years now. And they're involved in, in charging stations and, and installing them and, and maintaining them and so on. So, um, don't go away. We'll be back with him and we'll learn more about this new, brand new technology. Of electric vehicle charging. 
And we will charge you up when we come back. That's right. Indo-American News Radio. India News. US News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. Mahesh's Kitchen, a fine dining restaurant, serves fusion, avocado bhel, Chinese chaat, mango habanero salmon, and traditional vindaloo curry, lasuni chicken tukada, whole pom for it. Mahesh's Kitchen, authentic organic cuisine, meets beautiful modern decor. To go and catering for up to 300. Mahesh's Kitchen, upscale Indian restaurant and bar in Sugarland Town Center. Calling DP was our best move, honey. Her over 30 years of experience helped us to choose the right cabin. Ah, you said it. And now let's take a walk on the deck in this lovely moonlight. For the best deals on Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas, call DP now at 713-468-7000 or email dp at travelexpresshouston.com. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. We're back again. And Sanchali, you had a yeah, question for welcome Hubert. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking to Hubert Vaznaik, who is the co-founder board member and the head of sales, marketing, and strategy for Gravity Energy, which is Texas's fast grow- fastest-growing electric vehicle that, that charging is, infrastructure that operator. Is, that is Gravity with a T-I, not T-I, a T-Y. T-I, not T-Y. Very so catchy, very, very catchy. Very catchy, very catchy. So, yeah, I was asking Hubert just before we went to the break that what sort of government funds and incentives are there for EV charging site owners? Sure. I mean, the, the federal government last year <coughs> allocated seven and a half billion dollars for EV charging. That's a billion with a B. With a B, yes. And sounds a lot, but as I said earlier in the, in, in the um, program, the you know, back of the envelope rough estimates are that we need at least $100 billion to be spent to put in this infrastructure over the next 7 to 10 years. Wow. Okay. But out of that 7.5 billion, about 400, 450 million is coming to Texas. Oh, mm-hmm. right? that's good. Uh, the thing is, the state of Texas has already kind of allocated where it's going to be spent. Uh-huh. So they've defined a multi-year plan where the focus this year is to put in, uh, what let's call them gas station or electric state charging stations along certain uh, interstate highways. And the rest areas? Not necessarily. So they, they have defined the GPS location. The federal government says they have to be at every 50 miles. Oh. Okay. And they've defined that a minimum of 450 kilowatt charges have to be installed. Oh, uh, and uh, they've defined the GPS location, so they're asking for bids within a, a one-mile radius of each of those GPS locations. Mm. So and, let me. And how s- soon does this need to be completed? Sometime this year. Oh, well, okay. Sometime this year, the bids are going to go in, and then you know, by the time by they the allocate these end things, end of twenty twenty-three. It's going to be another months. five, yeah. ten years. And then next year, we're going to focus more on kind of rural highways. And then the third year will kind of start filling in the you know yes. areas in between around. But those have been defined. And about fifteen so, to twenty cities or towns 
have also been allocated some money. So each of them is going to have to come up with their own plans and how they expect to spend those funds. So every 50 miles on the interstate? Yes. So if, so in other words, if you go there and you have a charger for four, with four ports, or four chargers. Four chargers, have, typically maybe eight ports. So, so you have to build a certain, uh, uh, some sort of parking area, some area where they, people can actually go in and, and, and sit there and wait till they charge up. Correct. So this is a nice place for a rest area, vending machines, mom and pop shops. Correct. <laughs> and Jawar, uh, in uh, our public library uh, owned by Harris County, they have a charging station. So you can get a book and uh, sit down and read in your car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell I tell strip center, you know, convenience store owners, you know, how does a gas station make its money today? Mm-hmm. From the from from oh, the convenience yeah. store, right? right Not really exactly. from gas. Yeah. So you know, you can tell uh, someone who owns a strip center, why don't you put it in a charging station and bring in some of that gas station traffic? Right. And then send them a coupon. Hey, I'm running a special three cokes for the price of two. Right. So this is an opportunity to build a little enterprise of your concessions. Exactly. And everyone's putting them in. I mean, Navy, naval bases, military bases, you know, government offices. Of course, you know, their, their process for determining who to bring in is, will go through the government bidding process. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so that, that, you touched on the incentives by the government, but where is the electricity going to come from? We already have a shortage of electricity at certain times of the year. Yes, I, 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 I'm, you know, I think Pramod was hitting on it. I think it's going to have to come from gas. Yeah, natural gas. Natural is gas. The uh, primary you know, source. We're seeing solar picking up, wind, you know, alternate forms of energy because, you know, traditionally we've gotten most of our electricity from coal, and that of course has come it's, down drastically. Yeah. However much our 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 uh, state leadership may curse out. Uh, EV, I'm sorry, uh, green energy. Texas yeah. leads in that. Right. Right? We right. have some the biggest wind farms and solar farms uh, in, in the country. Correct. And, uh, and when you look at natural gas, just the state of Pennsylvania has enough gas to power our needs, the whole country's needs for the next 200 years. Right. Well, there is a limiting factor. That limiting factor is copper. There's a very big shortage of copper that's looming on the horizon worldwide. For wire, you mean for, for the electric grid? For copper in general. I mean, for the grid, yes, the yeah. wire and everything. But copper ore that's being mined right now, mm-hmm. there's, mm-hmm. A, there's, a, there's a big crunch coming in right yeah. now. But, but Jawar, never underestimate human ingenuity yeah. and, and resilience. We've been talking about a shortage of everything. Hydrogen. You know, that's the rub. For, for the longest time. And we find a way. Mm-hmm. Yes. We'll find a way. I think, Hubert, what we need Many is European. microwave... Uh, uh, power transmission. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many people be talking about getting their brains fried, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, many Europe- Some people, of course, I'll say, how do you make out the difference? <laughs> many European countries are going the hydrogen route. So, mm. you know, we may... So what about the new technologies? Hydrogen being one of well, them. Well, before we go there, there was a caller that just called in, oh, okay. and, uh, or listener who just called in, rather. And their question was, uh, that she seemed to be frightened of the fact if what what if one of the batteries just dies in the car? Should they not be a backup battery for that car? Well, do you carry a backup gas tank in your car? Well, the... <laughs> <laughs> you don't. So car companies today, electric car companies, they'll send somebody to, to, to uh, tow you. I mean, that's what it is, you know. 
um, you can't like come in out there and quickly get a boost in your battery. You can't. It's very difficult to do that today. Mm-hmm. So typically, you'll have to get a pickup so truck to good, pick you up and question, take you to though. a charging yeah. station. Yeah. It's an excellent and when we have question. one of them every 50, 50 miles, that would the work. longest tour you're going to have to do is most probably 25 miles in either direction. <laughs> you just plan ahead. <laughs> yeah. And but, Hubert, what about uh, uh, other transportation, not just passenger vehicles, but what about uh, trucks, interstate trucks and so forth? Well, we're starting to see that happening. Yeah. Um, well, Metro yeah. just ordered a fleet of 100 new electric buses. Yeah. I mean, but the challenge with those those vehicles is... Um, is the hauling capacity, right? Mm. So we may have read articles about uh, Tesla having launched uh, its big, uh, you know, long haul truck and is delivering the first batch or has delivered the first batch to Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla ran a test showing that it hauled, what, 80,000 pounds for 500 miles. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, from what we're hearing, the reality, you know, when it's actually getting used by Pepsi is not the case. Really? But Pepsi is using it for more intercity delivery. So they are running a couple of, you know, 100, 150 miles a day. So that seems to be working well. Of course, those batteries are huge. You know, a typical car battery will have 60, 70, maybe 100, 120 kilowatt capacity. These big semi-trucks have a 1,200 kilowatt capacity. Mm. You know, that's huge. That's Mm -hmm. true. So Tesla is having to install these massive 750 kilowatt. I mean, these numbers are, think about how many homes you could power with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 750 kilowatt charging capacity battery stations or charging stations that are very, very specialized can really only go in, you know, in central charging hubs. Or are are these like the overhead charging stations? I've seen videos where buses are coming into, driving into this area. No and there idea. are like there, there are all sorts of tech. People overhead. talk about induction. You know, you put an induction charging yeah, pad yeah. in your parking right, garage. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's plenty of models. You know, there are people out there. For example, you take Vision Ridge, the company, the, the private equity fund that bought EVgo. Mm-hmm. They have partnered with this, this other company and they have created a $1 billion fund Mm-hmm. And they are buying massive uh, lots of land along uh, interstates, and they're going to build these huge hubs to charge trucks for trucks, truck mm-hmm. hauls. Right? Uh, you know, keep in mind uh, a long haul truck can, I think, legally only drive ten hours a day. Right. So fourteen hours a day, they're parked somewhere. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you can, you know, plug in and charge up slowly, they don't care whether it's charged up in an hour or, or 14 hours because they right. have to park anyway. Yeah. So does but AAA help electric car owners in any way? I have no idea. Okay, all right. Uh, Hubert, uh, what about uh, uh, alternative technology to lithium batteries? Are there any on the horizon? Uh, there are. Uh, you know, an old friend of mine, um, uh, who literally sat in the seat behind me in high school? He, uh-huh. he has started up a company that's uh, that's really doing really well. I mean, he uh, uh, I think they are looking at iron technologies. Um, you know, I hear about nickel. Uh, you know, a lot of other things. Yeah, the, yeah. the challenge is weight, <clears throat> right? You go into iron straight away; it's a far more, it's a far heavier metal. I mean, you put a lot of weight into a car; it's going to affect its uh, range. Uh, so there are going to be trade-offs, okay. right, uh, in cost and and weight and performance. Uh, but you know, over the last 
from my days in the cell phone industry, I have seen so many battery technologies, promising battery technologies right, well, over those 30 years. Almost none of them have succeeded. Yeah. Well, but, that's the challenge. Right, right. right I understand. But then for but a change, he, as a species, we are investing so heavily now in yeah. materials and battery technologies. Something is Going bound to come. So there's a, there's a guy called Nishay Anand, Nishay Chadda. Okay. He's just formed an alliance with Green Giant uh, it's, which is a, a Chinese company, and his is a recycling company. So he's he, he based right here in Houston. So he's taking the batteries, the old car batteries, disassembling them, and getting all the minerals and the metals out of them, and then sure. and refurbishing. refurbishing, building a brand new battery. As a matter yeah. right. Well, there's also, there's, you know, quite frankly, these cars may not have enough um, life or juice in them to power a car, but they actually have quite a lot of life to be able to power other things. Correct. Even like storage. However, if you take a look at a Tesla battery, especially the earlier cars, they are, the way they're manufactured is super environmentally unfriendly and really difficult to disassemble. And Tesla mm-hmm. just announced that they're going to be starting up a plant to refine these the lithium mm-hmm. uh, yep. so that they can produce it. Okay, we're, folks, so- we're talking to Hubert Vaznayak. And uh, Hubert, you, can I give out your number in, in case anyone wants well, to? Well, they can go to our website. Okay. It's G-R-A-V-I-T-I, gravityenergy.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can send us a message from that. We'll get it immediately or call us at that number. Right. And, and so we're available. And, and the, the emphasis of your company, Gravity yes, Energy. Yes, why should one l- reach out to you? Is well, to, to, because you build, we you manufacture. We build, maintain, manage. Uh, we handle the customer support, the site support, cover the warranty, the, the data hosting. All you have to do is sign the contract with us. We'll come in, install, manage it. And, you know, every month you'll get a usage report and your check. Right. right? Um, the, but the, the ch- most hassle-free company to do business with in EV charging. And you are very cost-effective when it comes Extremely to installing. Cost-effective. So if you've got an apartment complex, you've got a hotel. I mean, these are amenities you have to be providing your customers today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when your guests are coming into your hotel, they're looking for a hotel that does have it. Right, especially people who are on and, the road. And one, one point I'll make here, you know, some of you may have heard of a term called, uh, a, a, a town called Flugerville, Texas. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where Tesla's new headquarters is, right? Oh. And right outside, there is a hotel <laughs> that has a long-term, multi-year contract with Tesla. Oh. Mm. Guess who they picked to put eight charging stations You guys. In. Exactly. All right. <laughs> really? It's a pretty decent endorsement, And right? it's a one-time deal. You know, you install it's it a, and you all and, are maintaining again, it for them. depreciation, so. federal tax uh, credits and all that stuff, this thing costs you pretty close to zero. Can't go wrong. So Can't once again, uh, for hotel owners who are out there who are probably very interested in what you just told them, <clears throat> as a as a back of the envelope kind of estimate, if they were to put in a level two charger or level three charger, we're looking at fifteen or twenty thousand for a level two. Four level twos with us, if you're in Texas, is, is ten thousand. Okay. Um, level three, of course, it depends on the speed, but those things start off at forty plus. Okay. All right. Okay. So, and then the the way to reach them is gravityenergy.com, right? Spot on. G R A V I T I energy.com and 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 ask for hubert <laughs> with <laughs> the radio voice right Shantari? that's right absolutely absolutely we've got another five minutes with you hubert and so uh, maybe you can have a chat gpt answer your phones <laughs> <laughs> right so uh 
the uh, but but so what's promote, going to you, happen you, with our gasoline vehicles? What are we going to do with them? They'll be well, let let Hubert, Hubert tackle Listen, that. They're all going to be around for a long time. A right? long time. We're going to have both modes of transportation. We're going to have both kinds of. Charging or maybe filling three, up. Maybe three types. I think yeah. hydrogen is around the horizon. Yeah. But see, the challenge with hydrogen is that no one's really investing in the fill-up, right? So I do see that at certain... Shell did. Commercial, no, you see that at commercial uh, stations that cater to trucks, for example. Yeah. I, I do see hydrogen uh, filling up for them, right? right. Because hydrogen is uh, cost-effective. It's environmentally friendly. But I think, uh, Hubert, what's happening is hydrogen is being developed at industrial levels. Exactly. So that will be the first application. And, and, and it's, it's the Betamax, yeah. Betamax situation all over again. Well, right? there's, but there's, we, had a, we had a guest on our show last mm. two years ago, uh, Gotham. Yes, I remember. And, and he talked about hydrogen. This, yeah. The type of hydrogen that you have available it makes a big difference. There's the blue hydrogen versus uh, another type, which I've forgotten. But basically, there's impurities that limit the use of hydrogen for for internal combustion engines mm-hmm. for cars. So therefore, there's that kind of thing. But he was very hopeful that it was going to start up very shortly. And Shell is on the forefront of this, right? Yeah, but they're trying to do it to uh, power industrial plants. No, actually, facilities. I, I actually had help design and build a, a, a shell gas station mm-hmm. in Baytown okay where they were actually pumping it for for truckers oh okay so it, it was like a little mini refinery out there in the mm. middle of everything yeah. so let me be realistic Hubert sure. we live in Texas we are far behind you know in respect to having enough charging stations when can one feel comfortable that we can go long distance driving in Texas and uh, use an electric vehicle what tier well, there are, there are two components to being comfortable, right? One is that you're not going to spend an inordinate amount of time sitting at a charging station. So if you have a Tesla, you can actually drive across the country, you know, and, and get charged up at Tesla charging stations. No problem. You'll spend a lot of time sitting there and getting charged, right? So the speed really does matter. The second thing is once you get to that city or get to your destination, what happens within, right? So if you're staying going to a hotel that has EV charges, you're great. I mean, everything's good, right? But if you're going to go visit somebody and or you're going, you know, to be driving around in business. Rural areas, yeah, for that, that is the challenge. Yeah. Like like you came here in your Tesla and we don't have a charging station outside. Yeah. I mean, Sugarland, I live up in the woodlands. Sugarland is kind of the limit I'd go to. Mm-hmm. You won't believe. So for the first time earlier this week, I had to go to college station on some work. I decided to take my Tesla. I looked at you know, from the woodlands, it's 70 miles. And I was on a conference call on my way back and I got distracted. And all of a sudden, instead of coming down like 249, I'm going to hit 290. Uh-huh. And now I'm running low on juice. Right? <laughs> First time I decided to take it out of town. And there's nothing Luckily, there was a, a Bucky's with a whole bank of, um, of Tesla chargers. So oh, I went so and plugged in there. Yes. Bucky's has them. Yeah. Yes, Bucky's does have them. Um, yeah. I went to Prairie View the other day and sure enough, I saw that Bucky's. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Right. So, when when are we going to feel comfortable? I think we have to wait three, four, five years. I think once a lot of these stations, well, while the, the, the federal funds are going into the ground, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't mean that individual businesses are not, you know, doing their bit too. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's that, that, you know, we'll see. We'll know 
maybe we have me back in three years time will be a, a little different story right? so you think <laughs> you think you have enough juice to make it back to the woodlands right now <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get distracted actually here in sugarland the rudy's has the, the rudy's has oh, okay. a, a the barbecue bank of Tesla charging okay. stations hubert they, thank you so much for joining us well, we're out yeah. of time yeah. and we're going to be going it. on yep. but we've talked to hubert vasnaik about gravity energy that is gravity with an i energy and you can reach them at gravityenergy.com Thank you so much for telling us about EV charging, uh, Hubert. Yeah. And we'll be right back, folks, after these commercial messages. Thanks, Hubert. News Radio. India News. Oh, U.S. God. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. हर साल बोनस मिलने के पहले सोचता हूँ तुम्हें डायमंड रिंग गिफ्ट करूंगा लेकिन इस साल वो ख्याल छोड़ दिया इस साल बोनस नहीं मिला अरे नहीं पता चला महाराजा में डायमंड्स के भाव बड़े ही नहीं तो बोनस की जरूरत ही नहीं तो अब भी चलो महाराजा सेम सर्विस सेम क्वालिटी एंड सेम लो प्राइस महाराजा ज्वेलर्स फाइव एट you don't just have dreams you have goals and you're gonna make them happen that's why you wait for the sale you check the promo codes and you find the best deal at discount power you know it doesn't matter if you're saving for a rainy day an unexpected repair or a college degree it all helps that's why we offer affordable electricity plans we want to help you save today so you can live your dream tomorrow discount power helping you save on electricity visit discountpowertx.com and sign up now PUCT number 10177. Indo-American News Radio. India News. US News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American Indo News Radio. Well, I have to say my battery is all charged up right now. After listening to Hubert. Yes. I'm all drained after two hours. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> My juice is gone. <laughs> but we need to plug you up into to, the to, microphone. Into that charging station. <laughs> uh, three hours is a long time. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Three hours but is a long time for what? For uh, talking on, on the radio. radio oh, know. for the radio. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the charging station. <laughs> no, no. Jawahar is only thinking about charging. Yeah. So but neither one of you drive an electric car, right? No. No, yeah. And not I, yet. I'm I don't feel comfortable buying one yet. No, not. It's too yeah. early. But uh, yeah. but if you drive within the city, yeah, it's probably okay. And then if you use, uh, uh, you know, air travel, yes, uh, that would work. Well, it it would be cheaper just to get a golf cart. <laughs> for what? A golf cart and you can go to uh, hop around from the grocery store I mean most people when they uh, they usually drive on weekends for chores and so on yeah. no more than five miles around the circle you know the, the US Secretary of State was in Delhi and he got an auto ride actually to the uh, meeting station I don't know if uh, you all saw that video no. No, I'll send it to you guys but, but, <laughs> but on, on, so the, like on the a, serious side yeah. you know a golf cart it does, it does make a lot of sense for people because 
they only drive around 5 miles from the radius that's true but if you get on the even the local roads mm-hmm. you know the golf cart can do 35 miles that's per true hour. that's true yeah. unless you get, you, unless you happen to be in florida and everyone's and in the golf cart you can't get on the freeway no, you but, you'll yeah, be hit and, by someone right mm-hmm. and it will be a nuisance on Very the roads mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so Jawar, keep that idea to yourself. You know, in in New <laughs> Delhi, in New Delhi, a lot of the rickshaws are battery powered. Yeah, that's true. So they go very slow, but they go all across and town. And you cannot drive fast. And then a lot of them roads. are CNG. So that's another technology. The way they do it in India, in in Delhi, compressed natural gas. When what when okay. when the battery runs out, they go to the next station and they just get a new battery and change tra- 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 <laughs> <replace laughs> the batteries. That makes sense if it's a small enough. Right. Instead of waiting to charge your right. battery. Right. Yeah. yeah switch that on. might be a model for cars eventually. Yeah. But right. right now it's too heavy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And there's not enough batteries out there. Okay. Well, Talking about batteries, about how your battery is doing in cricket. Yes, cricket is it's become a very you interesting know, test proposition. Test matches have become less than three day events. No, the, <laughs> it's very the sad. Game, the game has changed. We used to have five uh, days of test matches, right? With and, the rest today, and then a lot of times they would be ending up in a draw. But I think uh, with the advent of T Twenty and all the other fast games. The test matches are ending in three days. No one has the patience to play and test then, cricket anymore. And then uh, they become very lopsided. Yes. You know, India won the first two test matches handily over Australia. Correct. And in the third uh, test match, I don't know if they we were overconfident. Mi- flopped it miserably. went the other way. Yeah. So then, explain to people who are out there who don't follow cricket. Yeah. They were five-day test matches. Now they were three-day test no, matches. No, 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 no. They're no, still no. five the days, five day but they're ending faster. The five-day test matches are not lasting they're five ending. days because the players don't have the patience to last five days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is what is happening. They're ending up being a, a short test match. They're all lasting about three, three, three and a half days. No, but what does patience have to do with... It has to... Be- stamina, right? No, okay. no, no, no. So the formats have changed, right? Yeah. Now we have several different formats. We have 50 overs... One day matches. We have T20 matches, which uh, last about four hours. So people so, have lost the patience to see test matches, and players have lost the patience to play no, test matches. No, I think people still have the patience. To, I know uh, I for a five day match. I would have liked to see, but very few are no, like. But me. the thing is, uh, what happens is the players are used to playing faster. Correct. And so uh, uh, they get out very easily, but they also score very rapidly. So. Uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying the format by which this is done, the number of overs has changed, and therefore the expectation is for the match to end faster. No, in a way, that is not the expectation. It's, it's how but the that players is what play. Is ending up happening. Yeah, the because expectation is they last the whole five days, and the matches last whole five days. But that's not happening. In the last three matches between India and Australia, the First and second match both ended in like three and a half days, I believe. Yeah. And the third match ended in two uh, two days and the first session. It didn't even last. go to the second session. Before lunch, it was over. Two days and a quarter session. So they were able to do 50 overs. It's not, got nothing to no, do no, with no, the no, number of the overs. Speed. The people just are getting it's out faster. It's an innings. It's oh. an innings. Okay, getting Jawahar. Getting out faster. And innings can The players be... are getting out faster. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The they bowlers s- are bowling them out faster. faster. Yeah. They score faster, but they also get out faster. Uh. So it's a, become a high-risk game. I see. So it has got nothing to do with the number of overs in five-day matches. It's the innings. Yeah. So one innings can last however many overs. If you can play for two and a half days for one innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the old days, you know, test matches, people were patient. 
and they would just play tuk 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 without scoring even oh. a lot of times but they would keep their wicket uh, now they score faster and they also get out get faster, out faster. Uh, there's no and, patience and today was the first day of uh, wpl which is uh, a women's premier league in india uh, okay. so each team uh, i think there are about six um, uh, teams they have four international players so all the best players from other parts of the world are here mm-hmm. and then it's similar to the ipl there is the mumbai indians the gujarat giants and so forth and, and the women's t20 um world cup just ended yeah and uh, australia won very easily over south africa south yeah. africa was kind of a surprise finalist yeah uh, so, so but what happened is in the wpl uh, just now the first match was between mumbai and gujarat and it was very lopsided mumbai scored 207 runs and then the gujaratis were uh, bundled out for 65 really yeah well so they so were it's a very uh, lopsided they were a weaker team uh not necessarily they're good players it just uh, i don't know how to explain it yeah so women's cricket women's cricket is is taking off in worldwide in a big way yeah worldwide yes, yes especially yes. in india so but teams are fielded from by from Denmark and Holland and England no, and no. so on. No, no. Well, the Commonwealth countries. There are only so many countries that play, that cricket, play cricket. But now US is also big time into cricket. But I thought Denmark and Holland also played. But Holland, they, they don't yes. have good Holland, players. Holland, yes. See, okay. you're yeah. allowed to have only four international players on your team. Uh. So they pick from Australia, they pick uh, uh, from England. New Zealand uh-huh. and I don't think they pick anyone from Bangladesh or Pakistan okay there was a big controversy remember when the US uh, women's cricket team was uh, representing in uh, the T20 World Cup and the entire team was of Indian origin <laughs> <laughs> so there yeah. was a major controversy about yeah. that and the, yeah. Uh, yeah i think the coach was shivnarayan chandrapal who's from the west indies and he brought in all the indians and i met two of those under 19 uh, t20 uh, cricketers who represented us they're from houston mm-hmm. oh yeah, really puja shah and tia gonzalez mm-hmm. so remember i was telling you i was yeah, invited yeah. as a chief guest and told, yeah, we gave them awards and stuff yeah. that was a few so, weeks ago yes yes so us is coming up big time they didn't do well of course but you know they're coming up so it will yeah. take time yeah all right well we've got we've 10 minutes you, for you, 20 years we, <laughs> we've got uh, 10 minutes i, I for movies. Have, you want to do a few movies yes. uh, do you i i, I can do, do the international film i do festival. have the dark side of the moon queued up if okay. you want to okay. listen to I it i can talk quickly the about minutes. the international yeah, film then, uh, festival of talk about another movie that is mohar right Oh, no, okay. Uh, romantics. Oh, okay. I uh, and, and don't forget next uh, a week from Sunday and week from tomorrow are the Oscars. Yes, right. yes. So I went to see the International Film Festival of Houston. There were six movies, and I saw all the six movies. Mm-hmm. The first day they had the storyteller, and it is a story written by um, Shotujit Rai. The uh, the original story was, you know. Uh, done in hindi by um anant mahadevan and the director was here in person to answer questions very well made movie and it's a story about uh, this uh, person who is a storyteller and he goes to from kolkata of course tarini mm-hmm. khudo uh, is the name of the character in bengali and he goes to gujarat to help a big industrialist he cannot go to sleep so every day he needs 
a story to be told and how you know there's a twist and it's it's a it's based on Shotohitra's real life where mm-hmm. his uh, story was sent to Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg created ET based on it and Shotohitra was never given any credit for it oh, okay. so he the storyteller stories about him you know and oh, okay. how people can get duped and uh, the next movie was a little documentary called Counterpart. It was also made uh, in Bengali. It was quite interesting. And uh, the third movie was The Women of Bollywood. And it is about the women in Bollywood who are behind the camera. You know, oh, so behind it was a documentary? Scenes. It was a documentary. And it was about the directors, the scriptwriters, the cameramen. And, you know, how much harder they have to work to create their place in Bollywood. Because it's a male-dominated industry, of course. In right. Kerala, it seems there are no women at all sure. in the movie industry except in front of the camera. And the next day, there were three movies. The first one was Tikram. And, again, the director was there. And his name is um, Vijay Anchalia, I believe. Uh, Anchalia is correct. The, I think the first name is Vijay. And we met him and we asked him questions. It's a children's story and very well made. And it talks about human relationships and, you know, how uh, young children... Yes, I'm trying to hurry up Jawahar. I can only do it, you know, I can't... So I'm trying my level best to hurry up, okay? Uh, so... Uh, very few good children's movies are made, you know, sure. and especially in India. So it was a very commendable effort. And I think if you all get to see it, if it comes out as a general release, one should definitely watch it. Certainly. And uh, the uh, the second movie was called Preet and it was made by a director from New York. He also was here. And uh, it's about this woman who gets abused in her marriage and how she flees to the US and, you know, how she tries to cope. And then again, gets, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, attacked in a way. So anyway, and the last one is the movie, the documentary that has made it to the Oscars and it's called... um, All That Breeds. All That Breeds. And Pramod was there to see it too. And it's a documentary about environment conservation and, you know, how there's this group of uh, men in Delhi who try to save... Kites, they call it kites, kites or yeah. eagles, whatever. Yeah. And if they're uh, hurt or damaged in any way, they try to revive them and, you know. Exactly. So how they get uh, funding and, you know, how they expand it. Yeah, how they do it in very dire circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's the director wasn't there because he's doing the rounds in Los Angeles promoting Correct. the movie. Yeah. So looking forward to the Oscars. Yeah, certainly. And the uh, All Six were excellent movies and thanks to Shutapa for bringing such good movies to the International right. Film Festival of And Houston. then uh, the, uh, uh, in the Oscars, we have the song nominated. Right. right. Not to, From not to. RRR. Right. Pr- Promote, you wanted to touch yeah, some uh, of the movies? There's a, a documentary that's worth seeing on Netflix. It's called The Romantics. It's about the Yash Chopra, uh, the director, and how he, his biography and how he developed uh, romantic movies. You know, I started watching it, but then I didn't feel like really? watching it. There yeah. were four epi- uh, episodes. Okay, I'll try to watch. And they were very good, and they were able to attract all the star. Uh, I saw uh, Shah Rukh Khan in the very first yeah. one, and then I turned it off. <laughs> 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 but I am seeing another one on Netflix, uh, on Amazon Prime, which is really good. It's called Farzi. Yeah. It's about counterfeit money. Oh, okay. And Shahid Kapoor in, is in it and it's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, gripping. But uh, uh, in the romantics case, they were able to interview, interview uh, 
Aditya Chopra, who yes. never wants to be on camera. Correct. But uh, I think there are some people related to him that produced the documentary. Ah. So he got interested and uh, he did a great job of explaining the Yash Chopra He's studios. He's carrying the legacy the, forward. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I I think it's worth seeing. His Pathan has made like oh, yeah. <laughs> crores and crores and crores. Exactly. Of, yeah. That has recovered so much of the money they may have lost earlier. Yeah, but Bollywood needs to buck up. No, over to you, Jawahar. South is doing much better in mm. Indian movies. Uh, I, no, no, I was just, uh, I'm going to try to cue this Dark Side of the Moon, but I wanted to see if you had other movies or, or no. other streaming. You were services. hurrying us up? Right, well, because uh, the Indian Film Festival was really very, uh, a lot of fun, no doubt. Uh, we've covered it extensively in, in this week's issue, right? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then there is this movie called Gul Mohar, which has yeah, come out. Yeah, which is uh, just coming out. Uh, and it's on uh, Disney's plus Hotstar. Hotstar. And yeah. it's about a family which is reuniting for the last time before their houses, you know, being like, demolished, demolished in It's been, been yeah. sold and... And uh, like Sharmila Tagore is the matriarch, and there's also Manoj Bajpayee. Manoj Bajpayee and a uh, uh, few other people. Oh, Amol Palekar is uh, one of the characters. Oh, and Amol Palekar is in Farzi also. He's oh, okay. doing an excellent job oh, okay. in it. So it looks yeah. like his career is he, taking off. He suddenly again. <laughs> yeah, has come back into movies. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think uh, Jawahar is ready with his song, and the song is The Dark Side of Moon. Well,. Yeah, that's the idea. Uh, we're going to be doing. Why are we doing the dark side it's of the moon? It's the 50th anniversary of the song. It was one of our questions in the quiz contest. That's Correct. where I'm, the idea came up. Right, right. I just wanted you to let the listeners know why we were interested in the dark side of the moon. So that because of the 50th anniversary, uh, this is the album, the classical album by Pink Floyd. All right. That, that we all, my generation, our we generation, grew up in. And. Uh, so many, uh, so many hours were spent on this, on on talking about this particular cut from the dark side, uh, the dark side of the moon. Right. So, w- with uh, with that, we're going to be going into uh, the final segment of our. Uh, well, we are in the final segment. Yes. <laughs> we're in the finals of the finals. <laughs> the finals of the finals, and with this, I am going to say adios, and we're going to let you listen to the dark side of the moon. Yes. <laughs> 